Good evening, and welcome to Humanities 101. I am Lisa Prinz. And I'm Kendra Cowley, and we are the coordinators of Humanities 101, or HUM. Along with our amazing volunteers and intern Morningstar Willier, we have been putting together weekly HUM classes here in CGSR. HUM is a free university course that usually meets in person at the U of A and off campus, but due to COVID, we are now meeting here on air. You can always reach out for more information at 587-709-5472 or hum101 at ualberta.ca. You could also check out our website at hum101onair.ca where you will find recordings of past classes as well as materials that are mentioned in interviews and readings to keep us thinking. Last week, we had a great class on food. We learned about how food can create space as a positive change for those whose stories are not widely shared. We learned about the importance of rethinking whose food we eat and the stories we consume through food. This week, we have three guests who are deeply involved in the practice of storytelling, specifically East African storytelling. In 2017, we had a special guest come all the way from Kenya to Ham to lead a workshop on storytelling. That guest was Chunga Otiende. The workshop highlighted that there are cultural differences around the world in both the telling of and listening to stories, and that it is important for us to learn from other people's stories, both through the messages and the practice of storytelling. This term, we have already talked with local Indigenous storytellers about the importance of storytelling within Indigenous nations. Today, we will move across the ocean and think about the role of storytelling in East Africa. Let's start with a story. This story comes from award-winning storyteller, Tololwa Emolal. He has shared it with us about English and Kiswahili. Enjoy. Haya, haya, haya. A story of a family that loved milk too much. Members of a certain family loved milk. They loved it so much, they decided to buy their own cows. So they set out to clear some woods behind their house to plant cow grass. It started with one big tree. From a bush, a small bluebird watched them cutting the tree. The family members had felled the tree and were about to dig out the stump when a little old lady in a blue wrapper popped into sight and sang, Get up, get up. Get up, get up. You, my big tree, get up, get up. Get up, stand up. Get up, get up. Stand up, stand stout. Get up, get up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Get up, get up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Get up, get up. Ha. Get up, get up. Ha. Inuka, 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 inuka. Mti wangu mkubwa. Inuka, inuka, inuka. Simama, inuka, inuka. Simama, imara. Inuka, inuka. Haya, haya, haya. Inuka, inuka. Haya, haya, haya. Inuka, inuka. Ha. Inuka, inuka. Ha. As the lady sang, the big tree rose and grew back onto, onto its stump. Soon, it stood as big and stout as it had before. You think the lady's magic impressed the family members? Nope. It ticked them off. All that hard work, cutting that huge tree for nothing. They accosted the lady. What have you done? The lady said, these are my woods. The family member said, no, it's our land. The lady smiled. Listen, leave my woods alone and I'll grant you whatever you wish. Suddenly now, the family members smile too. Whatever we wish. 
The lady said, yes, but one thing is all I can give. Family members knew just what to wish for and told the lady. The lady stared at them. Are you sure? The family member said, yes, yes. The lady shrugged. Suit yourselves. Just before she vanished, she sang, milk, 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 milk. Drip, drip forth, milk, milk. Flow, flow forth, milk, milk. Gush, gush forth, milk, milk. Hurry, 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 milk, milk. Hurry, 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 milk, milk. Ha, milk, milk, ha. Maziwa, 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 tiri, tiririka, maziwa, maziwa, mimi, mimi, nika, maziwa, maziwa, bubu, bubu, jika, maziwa, maziwa. Haya, 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 maziwa, maziwa. Haya, 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 maziwa, maziwa. Ha, maziwa, maziwa, ha. Moments later, the family members were staring at several big containers that had appeared miraculously before them. With cut from the house, they eagerly helped themselves, thinking of nothing else but the milk. It was only after they had had enough that they looked around for the little old lady, grumbling, Hey, where did she go? Oh, we should have asked for something else instead, not milk which we can buy. They were arguing what else they should have wished for instead when a singing voice broke out. Storm, 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 storm. Lightning and thunder, storm, storm. Wind and rain, storm, storm. Come quick, quick, storm, storm. Doruba, 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 doruba. Radina ngurumo, doruba, doruba. Upepo namvua, doruba, doruba. Njombio, mbio, doruba, doruba. From the bush, the sound of the small bluebird filled the air. With a song, a rainstorm formed and grew not far away and approached. The family members dashed away from the woods toward the house as the bird continues to sing. Hurry, 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 storm, storm. Hurry, 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 storm, storm, ha. Storm, storm, ha. Haya, 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 doruba, doruba. Haya, 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 doruba, doruba, ha. Doruba, doruba. Ha. Hai 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 hadithi ya wanafamilia waliopenda maziwa mno. Wanafamilia fulani walipenda sana maziwa. Walipenda kweli hata wakaamua kununua ngombe zao wenyewe. Walikwenda kukata miti na vichaka kwenye msitu moja nyuma ya nyumba yao ili wailime ardhi na kupana majani ya ngombe. Walianza na mti mkubwa kabisa hapo msituni. Kichakani ndege moja samawati aliwatazama wakiukata. Wana familia walipongusha mti na kabla hawajangoa kisi chake bibi kizee moja mwenye kanga samawati alitokea ghafla na kuimba. Inuka 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 mti wangu mkubwa inuka 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 simama inuka inuka simama imara inuka inuka. Haya 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 inuka inuka haya 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 inuka inuka ha inuka inuka. Ha. alivyokuwa naimba hivyo mti ulinuka ukarudi juu ya kisiki ukawa mzima na imara kama ulivyokuwa awali unadhani muujiza huu uliwashangaza wana familia wapi uliwabuguzi kazi yote waliofanya kukata mti huo mkubwa yote ya bure sasa walimkabili yule bibi ah unafanya nini wewe bibi bibi alijibu huu ni msitu wangu wana familia walimkatalia ah hii ardhi ya kwetu Bibi aliwaambia kitabasamu 
Sikilizeni, nitawapa chochote mtakachotaka kama mkiniahidi amtagusa tena msitu huu. Una familia sasa nao litabasamu. Chochote tunachotaka bibi alisema eh lakini kitu kimoja tu ndicho nitaweza kuwapa. Una familia walijua alichotaka na upesu pesu alimwambia yule bibi. Bibi aliwasajabia. Kweli hicho ndicho mnachotaka? Una familia walijibu ndio ndio. Bibi aliwaambia, "Sawa, mnavyotaka. Kabla hajataweka, bibi aliimba. Maziwa, 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 tiri tiririka, maziwa, maziwa, mimi miminika, maziwa, maziwa, bubububujika, maziwa, maziwa. Haya 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 maziwa, maziwa. Haya 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 maziwa, maziwa. Ha, maziwa, maziwa. Ha. Punde sipunde una familia walijukuta wanamezea mate magudulia makubwa yaliyokuwa yametunga yametinga kwa muujiza ghafla hapo mbele yao. Walileta vikombe toka nyumbani wakaingilia magudulia hayo akili zao zote zikiwa kwenye hayo maziwa ndani yake. Waliposhiba tu ndipo akili zao zikajifungua wakaangalia huku na huko wakinungunika ah amekonda wapi yule bibi? Tungemtaka kitu kingine sio maziwa ambayo tutaweza tunaweza kununua. Wakaanza kubishana wangekuwa wamemtaka nini bibi yule badala ya maziwa. Walikuwa na bishania hilo sauti ghafla ilipoanza kuimba dhoruba 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 radina ngurumo dhoruba dhoruba upepo na mvua dhoruba dhoruba jombio mbio dhoruba dhoruba tuka kichakani sauti ya ndege moja samawati iliambaa hewani hapo hapo simbali na msitu dhoruba ilianza kuvuma ikazidi na kuzidi nguvu ikiwa inakuja kuelekea walipokuwa wana familia wana familia ha walitimka kuelekea nyumbani ndege yule akiendelea kuimba haya 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 dhoruba dhoruba haya 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 dhoruba dhoruba ha dhoruba dhoruba ha haya 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 dhoruba dhoruba haya 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 dhoruba dhoruba ha dhoruba dhoruba ha i'm happy to have shared with you haya 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 i hope you have enjoyed it now i would like to share a few words about it Haya 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 carries a lesson about stories. Stories can be adapted to different purposes and through a collaboration by different artists. Stories can be shared with different audiences, children or adults or a mix of ages by speakers of different languages, Kiswahili, English or others. Stories are friendly to those who make good use of them and to audiences those stories are meant for. In a dramatic skit at an international languages festival in Edmonton in 2017, I performed with some kids another version of the story with the same Kiswahili song, but also different lyrics. I titled the story Tokea Tokea, Kiswahili for Let It Happen, Let It Happen. A friend of mine called Richard Ruaji arranged the music and sang the song for that performance. Richard lives and works as a film actor and musician in Sweden but was born in Uganda in East Africa. In running off our story sharing time, I want you to enjoy this recording of higher 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 music Richard arranged for the 2017 performance of the story. As he sang the song with different different lyrics. It is music that I expect he'll adapt for the higher 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 YouTube videos we plan to do. And now here is Richard Serwaji singing higher 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 to his instrumental arrangement back in 2017
maziwa 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 ya ngombe maziwa maziwa ya ngombe wetu maziwa maziwa sio ya wengine maziwa maziwa haya haya maziwa maziwa haya haya maziwa 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 tokea 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 Maziwa, 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 wakeweza wawo Maziwa, maziwa, wakajipatia Maziwa, maziwa, meomba kingine Maziwa, maziwa, haya, haya, haya Maziwa, maziwa, haya, haya, haya Maziwa, 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 maziwa Maziwa, 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 maziwa Wangeweza wawo Maziwa, maziwa, wakajipatia Maziwa, maziwa, meomba kingine Maziwa, maziwa, haya, haya, haya Maziwa maziwa haya 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 maziwa 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 tokea 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 maziwa 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 tokea 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 Thank you for sharing that with us. We spoke with Tololwa after listening to Haya 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 about the telling of stories across cultures and between languages. Here is some of that conversation. Please start by introducing yourself to us. Yes, my name is uh, Tololwa M. Molel. I used actually to have a different first name, Jesse, but I legally changed it to, uh, to my present name. And this is in honor of my great-great-grandfather uh, in northern Tanzania, who was uh, named Tololwa. I consider myself to be uh, a story sharer uh, through what I write, and that is plays, books for children, and stories for all ages, and through the stories that I perform. Uh, sometimes by myself and other times with uh, other artists or co-performers. We feel really lucky to have you share your story, Haya Haya Haya, with us. Thank you yes. very much. I'm wondering if you could introduce to us a bit of that story and where that story came from. I used elements of the original uh, story or stories that I heard to get scraps from here and there and put all them together like a like a puzzle. Now you mentioned that many of these puzzle pieces yeah. come from uh, you heard growing up. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Tanzania, in East Africa. You share your story with us, Haya Haya Haya, in English and Kiswahili. Yes. Could you tell us where the Kiswahili language originates then? Is it Tanzania? The Kiswahili language itself originates from Kenya and Tanzania. And uh, it has become a national language in both Kenya and uh, Tanzania. 
and it's the official language in those two countries besides English, because Tanzania and Kenya were uh, British colonies, so they inherited English. But since its origin, the Kiswahili language has spread to pockets of other nations that neighbor the East African countries. And it has become a truly international African language. We do have some other international languages in Africa, like English and French and Spanish and Portuguese, but those are European languages. Yeah. But you, you actually don't have an international African language, and Kiswahili kind of approaches that. So it's, it's quite important for me uh, when I use it um, because I feel that I'm using an African language. That speaks to a question I was going to ask you about mm. why why you tell stories in both languages, in English and Kiswahili. Um, and that's because I love both languages. <laughs> I fell in love with English uh, when I was um, uh, in grade five in Tanzania. And that's because starting in grade one to four, uh, you, you, you learned in Kiswahili. And then when you get to grade five, all of a sudden you're expected to know enough English to learn in that language. <laughs> so, so I found myself just kind of like really speeding up and reading everything I could lay my hands on in English just in order to bring myself up to speed with the English language. Through my love of English, I never really forgot my origins in Kiswahili. So that's why I love both languages. Um, so you're a celebrated children's book writer as well as an oral storyteller. What are some of the main differences between writing a story and telling a story? When you're telling a story, you are operating in a social public space. In writing, you're operating in a private space. One major difference between the two is that in telling a story, you are creating at the same time that you're sharing a story. But also there's inspiration because you have your actual audience. In, in writing, your audience is a potential one. And the inspiration is more internal. And lastly, I think uh, telling is really, really extravagant. Like we use a lot of words in telling. In writing, it's, it's lean and mean and, and economical and formal and structured. As you tell stories in Kiswahili and English, is it a different story? Or how much of it might be a different story? Or do you tell it in a different way? Because we, are, we have different ways of listening and participating and hearing stories. You do have a unique perspective and I'm wondering what differences you have noticed. Uh, when I tell a story in Kiswahili, I, uh, I find that there are some things explained differently in Kiswahili. Um, and then later on, it kind of influences the version of the story that I have in English. When I am um, sharing a story in Kiswahili, I can hear people speaking like from my childhood and uh, people that I know, like my relatives, uh, friends that I knew. I, I can hear them uh, as I tell the story. So maybe it becomes a lot more real to me because I'm expressing my identity. Could you tell us a bit about your journey to becoming a storyteller? I started out as a listener. You know, it's, it's really important as a storyteller. Being a listener is half, half of being a storyteller. And I listened to stories and songs from my mother and later I listened to stories from my grandparents and, and uh, visitors because visiting was a, a large part of life in Tanzania, uh, and it still is. 
as it, it is in the whole of Africa. Uh, later on, I fell in love with uh, reading. At a certain point, I found when I read a really good book, I found myself telling somebody about the book. And because a lot of adults didn't have time to read or were not inclined to read, they kind of took that as my own story. They looked at me as if I was so clever. And that just, that sparred me. Another thing that sparred me, uh, when I went to live with my grandparents, I did not know their ethnic language. I have to um, explain here that in Tanzania, there are 120 plus ethnic languages. I only knew Kiswahili when I went to stay with them. My grandfather insisted that I had to know my, my ethnic language. And I had to be able to tell him stuff that I learned at school in my ethnic language, which was really, really tough at first, but insisted that I came to love it. When I moved to Canada, I lived with a family and I found myself telling stories to that, you know, to the kids. And the kids went to school and they told their teacher. The next thing I knew, I was being invited to the school to go and tell stories uh, to a classroom. So I went to school. I was fascinated. Like, I, I get invited to a school to tell stories? So I told the stories and um, the kids were riveted. And, and then at the end of that, I was paid. And I, I was shocked. You get paid for telling stories. And by that time, I also started writing books. Because of my books, I was invited to schools to give author talks. They found out that I could also tell stories apart from just sharing my books. And so they loved it. So that's, that's briefly is my journey as a storyteller. Do you have family uh, at home still in Tanzania that know about the success you've had as a storyteller here in Canada? Uh, I do have lots of family in Tanzania, but I don't think they actually know that I tell stories because they kind of take it for granted that storytelling is just um, an everyday thing. Do you find that storytelling then is more kind of a day-to-day -day cultural norm? Uh, how you grew up than perhaps in Canada? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. In, in, in Tanzania, you have, for example, if you are visiting somebody, you have to have a lot of time because people expect you to, to be able to talk about yourself, about your family, and, uh, and you know, to, to talk. And, and in talking, uh, stories come up. And, and so it's, it's very much a, a daily thing that people engage in. And life is, the pace is uh, a lot slower than it is here. In that slowness, people have time to exchange stories and talk. I want to go back to when you were talking about how you hear the voices <laughs> when you're telling stories of Kiswahili. So you introduce Haya 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 and yeah. you share with it that it's different puzzle pieces from different stories. Would people, would those be familiar stories to Kiswahili speaking people? So is that story of uh, the monster who makes a drum out of a woman's face? Yeah. Is that a story that is unique to your family that you heard or is this a story that many people would be familiar with? Oh, there will be a lot of versions uh, of a uh, story and there'll be um, a, a genre of uh, monster stories, for example, all, all over Tanzania. I would say all over East Africa, all over Africa, that version of the story probably would be quite common of, um, of a victim who speaks out from beyond the grave and, and gives away uh, the victimizer. The bird who is a trickster, uh, that is also common. Birds are tricksters because the small creatures tend to be the tricksters. 
and, and birds, because they can fly here and there and everywhere, they can see what other creatures cannot see, who can't fly. Uh, the use of songs is, is very common in stories in, in across, I would say, across much of Africa. So a lot of stories like this would kind of resonate with a lot of people, especially older people. Young people, maybe they have become a little bit separated from the, uh, the traditional culture in a way that I wasn't when I was growing up. But even them, I think there will be echoes of something that they may have heard from grandparents or uncles or older relatives. Do you think that there is something that we have lost when, as you move, for example, in Canada, where we don't have that normal, that time and that space for long storytelling? And then you're saying between the younger generation in Tanzania, do you think, what do you think we've lost in that? I'm not grieving the, the, the loss, but I really do think that we have lost that big part of that human touch. But having said that, I think the human touch kind of comes out, say when, whenever there are tragedies and so on, and then you really see that people uh, kind of come together. So it does come out when necessary, but on a daily basis, I think we have kind of lost it. Um, I'm going to ask you if I could just one last question. I've been asking this of the storytellers, all the storytellers we've been talking to. Yeah. What do you think makes someone a storyteller? I've been thinking that over over the years, also in relation to myself, like whether I can call myself a storyteller. Can consider yourself a storyteller or people can consider you a storyteller if you can answer yes uh, to the following questions. Do you have a story that you're really dying to tell or to share with the, with the, with the world? Do you have a a burning reason you want to share that story? Have you developed a style in telling stories? Is there an audience that exists for your stories? Do your stories and does your story tell give people a reason to interrupt their lives in order to listen to you? Now, if, if you can answer yes to those questions or to some of those questions, then I think that kind of makes you a storyteller. I want to thank you so much for taking yeah. your time to share with us. I know you're busy and you know you're a very successful storyteller in print and with words. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time. We would encourage you to check out some of the incredible internationally celebrated books Tololwa has written. You can find some links on our website and you can also find them in your local libraries across the city. Just a reminder that you are listening to HUM 101, and we are Kendra Cowley and Lisa Prince. And you can tune in to the show every Friday from 6 till 7 p.m. here on CJSR 88.5 FM. If you have any questions or have a story you would like to share with us, you can reach us at 587-709-5472 or HUM 101 at ualberta.ca. And you can also check out our website at hum101onair.ca. The person who connected us to the storytellers we're hearing today is Jan Selman. She has been working with many local artists in Kenya on various research projects that use storytelling and theater as methods to explore and create dialogue about contemporary community concerns. So I'm Jan Selman, and I work in the Department of Drama at the University of Alberta. Way back before that, I ran a theater company in Edmonton called Catalyst Theater, and all of our work was about working 
with community groups, creating theater around their issues, their stories, their concerns, and both reflecting it back and using it as a, a way of communicating that community's interests. That work, the reason I go there right now, is still the foundation of all of the theater work I do in communities, both in Canada and beyond. I'm really curious to hear how you use storytelling in your process as you do uh, community theater, and you are doing a research project in Kenya. I'm wondering if you could share with us how you've been using storytelling as a research tool. I'm going to start with community-based theater, and one of the deep ideas in community-based theater is that when people tell their own story, they are, first of all, getting to be heard. And lots of communities were not heard much, right? And secondly, they're sharing it with people, if you will, like themselves in their own community. And thirdly, there is an opportunity to tell those stories beyond their own community to both celebrate their community and let people know about issues and and events in their lives. So that's the core work. And story is the center of that. Our stories make who we are, really. They are our meanings. They they deeply say things that sometimes if I give you an academic, who am I? I'm a professor and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's much less meaningful and much less revealing than if I talk about a story in my childhood that I feel changed. Now, what we're doing right now is a variation on that theme. It's saying communities have deep, abiding, lasting stories. They have stories that repeat and get told, and that these are these last because they're so resonant for a community. They last because they represent a community the way the community wants it to be. They last because it's useful to them. For example, a story is used to teach, and it might be about their view of how the world came to be, but it might also be about why you should always listen to your parents. You know, but the story tells it. Stories in every culture have had lasting meaning beyond your own story. And it sometimes elevates to myth. It, all, it is repeated. It is retold. It changes over time. And it reflects your culture, your community, your family, your beliefs. Those kinds of old stories. That's what we're meaning by old stories in new ways, which is our research project right now. When I say research, I'm a theater artist. That's where I start. That's where I sit. And it is research in the sense of it uncovers knowledge that often no one else has except a particular community. In this case, we're saying Sometimes theater around the world that is meant to do good, meant to be about ch important change in the world, and give, including giving voice to people who have little voice in, in the world, that's important work. Sometimes in the name of using techniques and methodologies in this kind of work, we don't necessarily allow the full richness of the particular culture to come forward. So we did some thinking together with our colleagues in Kenya about what do your cultural stories mean? Uh, what do they say about yesterday? And what do they say about today? And out of that conversation, we came to this idea of old stories in new ways for new times. And so our research starts with, let's together find out what this story says. A story that we spent quite a bit of time with in Kenya, in collaboration with community-based artists, 
was called Lawanda Maguire. Now that's the name of a great warrior. Now we were working in, and still do, in Western Kenya, in a community that is almost 100% Luo, which is one of the 36 different tribes or cultural groups in Kenya. But that part of the country, almost everybody in that area are Luo. And this is a Luo story. And the very quick version of it is a great warrior comes to a community and starts helping them. This community has been hurt and stolen from and killed by a war, uh, a neighborhood tribe, a different cultural group. And this great warrior comes and helps them and he can never be beaten on the field. They start winning. They get their cows back. They uh, start thriving because they win these wars. And one of the reasons is no one can kill him. And the other tribe can't figure out what to do. They're now suffering. And so they send a young, beautiful girl across the river to lure him and attract him so she can stay there and learn his secret. And after quite a long period of time, one day he falls ill. So he calls to this young woman, who's the second wife by now, uh, and says, help me, go and get some herbs. They're hidden, go get them, bring them back. And she does, and she goes to cut his skin to put the herbs in. He says, no, 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 don't cut my skin, cut my shadow. And she slits the shadow and it bleeds. And she puts the herbs on the cut and he becomes strong again. And she suddenly realizes, I've just learned his secret. You can't cut, his skin is like stone. You can't cut him, but his weakness is his shadow. She runs back, she tells them, and they lure him out in the daytime. So his shadow is there and they stab his shadow and he dies. And the people mourn and they've lost their great warrior and great savior. So that's the story. Now, if you hear it today, certainly I can only speak for being outside of that culture. You can see there's issues, you know, tribe to tribe, violence between tribes. But the other thing you can think about if you think about this story from outside is, who is this woman? Who's the first wife? Who's the second wife? And for that matter, who's this warrior? So we started asking questions, we being a group of Kenyan and Canadian artists, just asking questions of the story. Now, work on answers to these questions on our feet using theater. If, if our question was, who is that young woman? We did a big improvisation exploration through different kinds of theater methods. We created, if you will, the story underneath the story by asking these questions and pulling them up to the surface by using theater. Took an old story, we found a new story that came out of it for new times. Because today in Kenya, there's a lot of concern about how women are treated. Today in Kenya, there's a lot of concern about the intertribal if you will, violence or inter-ethnic violence that goes on. They're trying to unify the country, 36 different tribes, which is a colonial construct, Kenya. But now Kenya exists, so how can we be more unified and advance our country as, as one rather than as a series of different groups? This play now started addressing today's issues, but really deeply tied to the old story, which still today is like a heartbeat story. 
you know, it is the center of storytelling in this region of Kenya. And it happens to be a story that's known far and wide in Kenya. And the first weekend that we performed this play, so two days, two performances, 1,100 people saw this play. So it, it had a lot of meaning. And I go back to why do look at old stories in new ways. It's because, in my view, deep resonance, deep meaning stories that are part of our culture, we want to keep alive and keep meaningful to ourselves. It is meaningful. We're connected to them. And then so we're ready then to think about what else does it say in a new way? You know, there was discussions afterwards and people talked about gender, but they talked about the need for peace a lot. The need for peace was controversial. So the point is to have, have debate and discussion rather than to all agree with some, with the message of the play. That makes me excited because I think we're really uh, starting to understand how history isn't the one side that we've heard, right? It's exciting to think about that um, happening um, amongst people's shared histories, still those conversations. I think that's a really important point. And one of the things we did in the process of exploring the story was to have someone in from the quote, other tribe from that culture, because we were now representing the girl's family and the girl's tribe on the stage. We as a group, the, the Luo actors, you know, said, you know, we really don't know that much about them. Now, in today's terms, they, they live like 10 miles away. You know, they knew some things and not other things. And I knew nothing. So someone came in who saw what we were doing and we invited them to come and correct our scenes, which is another, when we go back to research, it's a way of using theater as research. Like, let us enact this and you tell us if we understand. And it's a methodology that we use. These scenes aren't finished. Please come and help us finish these scenes. So there was a lot of learning going on through the whole process. When we start thinking of storytelling as a method and a practice, does that change your relationship to storytelling? I've changed hugely. I mean, the sort of quote, quaint old story is now just a listening to it with new ears. When I first read that story, I thought, you know, this is sexist and racist. That's what I thought. And instead, it became this territory that we could delve and come to understand in some new ways and that all of us collectively could. So the, the teamwork of it, the, the multiple meanings of it, as well as how resonant it is, how much it still rings in a community so we shouldn't throw out our quaint old stories. We should ask new questions about them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Such a pleasure to talk with my imagined audience, and I hope this reaches out. Thank you, Dan. We have a lot of learning from the work you and the team in Kenya has been doing, starting with thinking about our own old stories in new ways. Time for another story? Hello, children. Hello, men. Hello, women. 
Behold, once again, it is story time. It is story time. Story, story. Story, time. Story, story. Story, Once upon a time, once upon a time in the land of Shauriako, there lived a rich man called Omuami Jatelo. Omuami Jatelo was stinking rich. He lived in a palatial story building and loved to have his meals on the balcony. One day, one day as he sat on the balcony having his meal of chicken, his meal of what? Chicken. With friends. Omuami spilled some soup. He spilled some soup on the table and the soup landed on the balcony railing. Omuami, you have spilled some soup, observed Mukasa. Shall I call a servant to come and clean it up? But the proud Omuami, the leader, laughed and said, A little spillage of soup is not my problem. Someone will clean it up later. He said, It is not my problem. They went on eating and talking, eating and talking, eating and talking as the spillage of soup warmed in the sun and began to slowly drip down the side of the railing until it landed on the ground with a plop poop. Your Highness, Mukasa said, the spillage of soup has now fallen on the ground down the balcony. While it's attracting flies, shouldn't we call a servant to come and clean it up? But again, the proud leader yawned Leslie and replied, Hey, a little spillage of soup and a few flies are not my problem. Someone will deal with them later. Soon, soon, a lizard darted out from the underneath of the story building wall and began to catch the flies on the tongue, one after the other, one after the other. Then a cat sprang from a nearby shop and began to butt the lizard back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth like a toy. Just then a dog charged, a dog charged from the butcher's shop and began to bite the cat on the neck. Meow, meow, the cat meowed. Hey, Omuami, Omuami. Now the flies have attracted the lizard, which attracted the cat, which is now being attacked by the dogs. Shouldn't we call Summer to stop the fight? But Omuami the leader stretched and shook his head at his advisor. Won't you relax? A silly animal's fight is not my problem. Someone else will surely see to it. The owner of the cat saw it. The owner of the cat saw it. He saw the dog attacking his cat and ran out with his chapati rolling pin and began to hit the dog up, down, up, down. And then the butcher heard his dog howling. Oh, and ran out with his broom and began to hit the cat. Soon, the butcher and the chapati seller were hitting each other, hitting each other. Then, the neighboring shopkeepers began to take sides, joining in the fight. 
Then some policemen came along, but some knew the butcher and some knew the chapati seller. So the policemen too took sides and the battle grew. The battle grew, 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 it grew and grew and grew until a great battle waged in the streets. People were throwing rocks through the windows and tipping over vendor cards. Someone picked up a torch from the walls and hurled it through the window. Fire raged, fire raged, fire raged, and eventually it spread into Omuami's palatial story building. There was destruction. There was destruction. The next thing we knew, Omuami and his friend Mukasa were being escorted down a ladder from the balcony into the streets below because their palatial story building itself was in flame. Oh, it was a sort of sad day for them. They were lamenting about the losses that they'd got. Their palatial story building had come down in flames. Later that day, later that day when the fire had died out, Omwami the leader and Mukasa's friend surveyed the ruins of their palatial story building. Suddenly, suddenly, Omwami the leader stopped in the streets underneath where his balcony had been. He reached down and touched something in a small puddle on the ground. He picked it. It's a chicken bone. It's a chicken bone. It's a chicken bone. He said it remembering the soup. Then he remembered the flies. Then he remembered the lizard. He remembered the cat. Remembered the dog. He remembered the butcher. And remembered the fight and then the fire. I guess I should have cleaned up that spillage of chicken soup in the first place. Now, my whole palatial story building has been lost because of it. Oh, no. That was the last time Omwami the leader ever said, it is not my problem. Someone else will deal with it later. He had confirmed, he confirmed a wise saying that regrets come after a fall. Regrets come after what in my language they say, Ayuag ange biro bange. Ayuag ange biro bange. Ayuag ange biro bange. Regrets come after a fall. Regrets come after a fall. Regrets come after a fall. Oh, that was my story. 
entitled Chicken Soup, as brought to you by George Chunga Kotiende Punglu Pangla Wodjomariek, the teller of stories. Do, do that. Special thanks to SMS members who were part of my audience during this recording. Thank you to Tinder, the end. It is no surprise after listening to that story that Shunga, our next guest, is a celebrated and internationally recognized storyteller. He has won many, many awards, including the Best Storyteller Award at the second and third UN UNESCO Festival. Due to problems with technology, this interview was done a bit differently than the others. We had many conversations with Chunga, and through them we developed questions and ideas we wanted to talk about. Chunga then recorded his responses in Kenya and then sent them back here to us. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be part of this program, and thank you for this invitation. Now, uh, my name is George Chunga Kotiende Punglupangla Wodjomariek, the teller of stories. I am a remarkable story creator and storyteller. I work best in traditional and contemporary style. Apart from storytelling, I am also an actor. I am a musician. I am an accomplished theater facilitator, an enthusiastic teacher, an adjudicator, an artistic director of national and, of course, international standards. I am the founder and director of Story Maker Society, SMS. Could you tell us more about your company, Story Makers Society? What does a company that makes stories do? Story Maker Society, SMS, is a professional theater company committed to creating, developing, producing artistically excellent and culturally diverse theater for all audiences. We also strive in storytelling for advocacy and as a tool for community mobilization towards mitigation of social injustices and positive change. Despite working in both film and television, you say that storytelling is the heart of the work that happens in Storymaker Society. Why is this? Storytelling, storytelling is the mother of all forms of art, I can say and I dare say. Storytelling cannot be compared to any form of art. You can't compare storytelling to, to, to film or books or TV. Why am I saying so? Humans are emotional creatures and storytelling emotionalizes information. My impression is that Storytelling allows us to digest information more easily because it connects that information to emotions. Stories put a face on an issue. Stories connect us to deeper issues. Storytelling humanizes us. Storytelling raises the stake of the discourse. Storytelling is important because it is effective at teaching in a way that people can't easily, can easily remember. Also effective at helping people to relate to one another.
Could you share with us a bit about the practice of storytelling in Kenya? Africa has a long tradition of practicing oral storytelling. Stories were told by grandparents and parents around the fireplace for different aims. Some were told to entertain. Some were told as a way of teaching genealogy. Some were told for purposes of history of the community. Some were told to caution. Some were told advice. Now, there are also griots that were specialized in this art. Their trade was telling stories. To ensure posterity of storytelling, the Ministry of Education in Kenya has enlisted storytelling as an examinable unit under, under oral literature. We are also running a mentorship program for emerging storytellers to ensure posterity of this important genre, which I call the mother of all forms of art. What are some of the kinds of stories that are told in East Africa? We have oral traditional stories. We have adaptation of written and published stories. Then also we have creations of new stories. And in trying to answer what you just asked about the types of, of, of stories, I want to say that East Africa and generally Africa as a whole has displayed existence of six types of stories. Namely, myths. Now, myths are stories that try to explain the origin of specific phenomena. For example, origin of death, origin of tribe, and so on and so forth. Myths involve a supernatural being. Then, um, we also have uh, legends. Now, legends are stories about heroes. The events in a legend may be ethnic wars, famine, or migration of a people. The main character who we now call the legend has supernatural or superhuman abilities which they use for the salvation of their people. The third type is what I call etiological or explanatory stories. Such stories try to explain why things are the way they are. Then there are trickster stories. These are stories that revolve around how one character cheats, fools, or tricks another one. Trickster stories are aimed at proving that brain is superior to muscle and strength. The other type, the fifth type, monster and ogre stories are creations of fantasy. They are neither human or animal. They are portrayed as evil, vicious, and crafty. They use their superhuman ability for destruction. In the end of such stories, the ogres are defeated by humans. Hence, the moral that good must always outwit evil. Then we have dilemma stories, are stories that show a character or a group of people faced with two or more choices that are extremely difficult. These stories help to initiate a debate among the audience as well as build their critical thinking. Now if I could take you back to a few conversations ago, could you explain to us what edutainment is? Edutainment, edutainment. Edutainment simply means uh, educating by entertaining. Now storytelling has earned its place 
as the most important form of edutainment. The most important reason for this being that every story contains a lesson to instruct the audience. Stories teach us to love, to forgive others, to be just and to strive for better than we have. These stories instill moral values in the people of the tribe or a community when the audience experience a mirror effect of their character in the story. Storytelling also fulfills a crucial need of society by providing um, exemplary role models through their character. It shows ordinary people performing extraordinary deeds, not because they are forced to. Mm -mm. Their actions show people their everyday actions can change the world. Storytelling is entertaining. As a professional storyteller, you have unique insight into the process of storytelling. We have been asking our guests, what makes a storyteller a storyteller? I'm wondering if you could also answer that question and also include some of your insights into the process of storytelling. Oh my, oh my, you asked the heart of the question. And as, as I've always said, and I want to say in this, that a storyteller is part and parcel of the audience. A storyteller is a shareholder of the audience. And I want to say that it's important for a storyteller to carry his audience into his artistic basket, even as they plan the journey, the storytelling journey, the storytelling process. The most important thing is to, for a storyteller to arouse the curiosity of the audience right from the beginning. This will create a deliberate hook of the audience to the story and the narrator. This is achieved by an effective launch, which can be done by, say, use of song, dance, instrumentation. These are aimed at arresting the attention of the audience and, and invoking the spirits of narration. Once the spirits of narration have been invoked, the storyteller now needs to get us the story. Now, dare say that a good storyteller should establish the situation quickly. Let the audience touch base with the story in the first two to three minutes. This will create an endeavor to sustain the attention of the said audience. Now, as you tell the story, build up surprises to maximize the tension your audience feels. Vary the five Ps, and my five Ps are vary pace, vary pitch, vary power, vary pose, and vary the use of paralinguistic features. Once you've done that, you have managed to sustain the attention of the audience. Now it's time to end your story. Close with impact. Do not go into lengthy explanations about the moral of the story. No, the impact may be lost. Ideally, close with dramatic end and let the audience come to their own inference. The greater the emotional and intellectual engagement, the more they will remember the story. And I'm also saying that good stories lead you to the truth. They do not tell you the truth. I have shared my story and 
journey of storytelling. I hope I have inspired someone to join this beautiful industry. May stories live to be told and told and told and told. In the language of my people, I say to Tinder. Thank you. Thank you, Chunga. Due to the constraints of the class, we had to edit down Chunga's responses. You can hear all he shared with us online at hum101onair.ca. Also online, you will find the activities. Thank you, everyone who has already participated. For those of you who haven't yet, check them out. We would love to read them, and if you are comfortable, we can read them on air and post them online for your fellow classmates and listeners to enjoy. You can submit completed activities by email at hum101 at uAlberta.ca, by phone at 587-709-5472, or by mail. And we can get you some stamped envelopes if you need. Which is another great reminder that if you're needing things to participate and work on activities, let us know. There is a really good chance we might have what you need and we can find a way to get it to you. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in today's class and all the people that continue to support the class. And thank you for tuning in. A big thanks again to AG47 for the intro and outro music. Next week, we will be moving beyond the telling of stories and start looking at how people use their bodies and art to tell stories. We have an interesting class lined up that will challenge how you hear and learn from stories. It's going to be great. So tune in to 88.5 CGSR next week at 6 p.m. Have a good night.